0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It didn't look like morning when I climbed up those steps. Afternoon, everyone. It really is an honor to be sharing God's Word with you. This morning, we celebrate what God is doing in our family, and we will continue to celebrate. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to have our eyes open. Just like the disciples who walked with you on the road to Emmaus. Scripture says that when you broke bread, their eyes were open. Our eyes are open to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we are starting off a new series, as Pastor Simon mentioned earlier. It's called Financial Glow Up. The aim of this series is to emphasize the point that has been emphasized many times in Scripture. In 3 John 2, the apostle was writing to Christian believers, and he says, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants us to prosper. It is his... Delight when we prosper. Psalm 30, 35 says, May the Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about obedience. And I'm trusting that God is going to challenge you and I to obey. Simple, obey. Now, I'm going to be sharing part of my stories regarding obedience. So hopefully it would be a a wonderful journey for for us. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have heard about this concept in demographics. It's called the African childbearing paradox. Here is the paradox. Childbearing in sub-Saharan Africa is characterized by an inherent paradox What is the paradox? Fertility is valued so highly that women are pressured into childbearing. However, once they have children, they have to bear the brunt of caring for them. Now, that is the reality in many communities, whether you believe it or not, but it is a reality. And when I was growing up, Um, I grew up at a time where the character and the conduct of children within a home was squarely on the shoulders of the woman, the mother. It was squarely on her shoulders. So, if the children behaved well in society, if they came home with trophies, if they spoke well, they were considered to be daddy's children. However, if they did poorly, if they didn't do well, if they were vagrants in society, then it was whose problem? Mom's problem, typically. That was the kind of community I grew up in. So my mother took her job seriously. I can tell you that I, am, I was not as gentle as I am today. I wasn't as gentle. I wasn't as calm as I am today. I was the second of four, four children and the first boy. So as you can imagine, my mother didn't have experience in bringing up boys. So she kept me on a short leash, a very short leash. I remember once, uh, arranging with friends, I was a pre-teen, I arranged with some friends, we were going to have a picnic, and we had planned it. We would prepare sandwiches, we would get on our bikes at a particular time, we would go to the nearby beach in the community that we lived, and all week I spoke about this at home. And I guess my mom got fed up one day <laughs> and she said no. I thought, I didn't hear that. So I decided to go for the picnic. <laughs> my mom was a teacher and I don't know if she was a teacher. She knew exactly what discipline was. Okay, and she knew how to get discipline. She was trained. trained. When I got home that day, I knew what was waiting for me. (laughs) So I got home. I enjoyed the picnic with my friends. I got home. And I could see my mom was, you you know, you know when she looks at you, you know what is happening. A little later, the cane came out, and I knew that I was in for trouble. By the time she finished with me that day, there were certain parts of my body that were in pain for the whole week thereafter. Now, the emphasis, where I'm going is, I learned when my mom says jump, my response is, how high, mom? Because any other response elicited pain. There were consequences because it was her duty to make sure that we were all brought up well. And she was doing it to the best of her ability at the time. A few years later, as a teenager, well, pre-teen, I was 11 years old, I sat for the exam and the interview to go to a gifted school, which was the only gifted school at the time that was sponsored by the military in Nigeria. Um, It was a military school, so they brought us up in the way of the army. And Pastor Tim, when you speak about your military days, I just smile because I, I understand. You know, I went through five years of military school. We were taught to obey. And not obeying brought forth consequences. Those consequences were painful. They were painful. And not just for me, so if I got an order and I disobeyed the order, not only was I punished, but my mates were punished along with me. So you can imagine, early in the morning or late at night, you get an order, you don't obey, they bring all of you together, they punish all of you because of you. All right, one person. So you can imagine what happens thereafter. None of your friends want to be your friends. But the army further emphasized the point that you either obey or there are consequences. So I grew up under such paradigms. In my grade 10, um, I think I was mean enough to be selected as one of the four disciplinarians or punishers in my, in my, in my, in my house. Uh, this was uh, the first day that we were selected and the seniors had... They had beaten us up. It was permitted at the time in the military. They had abused us physically. They had punished us, slapped us, made us do frog jump and all kinds of things. We didn't sleep through the night. And what the seniors were doing was they were saying, what we are doing right now, you must replicate it with juniors. Don't be merciful to them. Make sure they obey. So as you can see, none of us are smiling. Do you, do you, do you know where I am there? You, you... <laughs> so that was day one, and I'm really, um, I'm really glad that I took that picture. Because it reminds me where I'm coming from. But at the age of 18, second year in university, I gave my heart to the Lord. Even though I came from a Christian home where we read the Bible each day, or every day, I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. And I started to ask questions when I got into university. If I were to die today, where am I going? What is purpose? You know, what does life mean? And God began to draw me to himself slowly, carefully, carefully. The day after my 18th birthday, I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful day. I remember that day like yesterday. It was 1989, 13th of August. I can't remember what the preacher preached, but I remember the altar call, and I remember coming to the front and saying, I give my heart to the Lord. This day forward... I give my heart to Jesus. And I began to learn some interesting interesting things, some wonderful things. I learned that God loved me. You know, it's, it, it, it could sound caviar to say God loves you, but it is really deep and personal when you know you are loved. That there is nothing you can do to change God's love for you. Someone said you can sleep for a thousand years. The love of God for you before you slept and after you wake up is the same. Unconditional. I learned God loves me. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I began to learn that God's plans for me are good plans. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a future and a hope. I learned that God's plans for me are better than my plans for myself. That if I plan. God's plans are better than those plans. No matter how well-meaning I might be. God's plans for me are better. I don't know how many of you have thought about that. No matter how much you've planned for 2022, God's plans for me are better. Therefore, if I plan, and you must plan, it's, it's your responsibility to plan, you must plan, hallelujah. If I plan, and I come those plans to God and somewhere during the year those plans are not coming out the way I planned God is still at work yeah. he is still at work so I learned you know what plan but know that God's plans are better than your plans I learned that God delights in my prosperity you know I I was in a university fellowship where the the, the phrase was often used. You know what? I'm committed to Christ, so if I fail, it's okay. I thought, no, 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 no. That's not scripture. That is not scripture. I'm going to excel. So I remember when I graduated and my grades were published. People got to learn about my grades. People like, Is it possible to serve God and excel? It is possible. May the Lord be glorified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. God delights that we prosper. So I'm learning all these things. And one thing that I learned, which has stayed with me, and my wife and I, we've used this many times, is the law of first mention. It's the law of first mention, biblical numerics. It speaks to give attention every time you see God institute something for the first time. Pay attention because in there is the blueprint. God is instituting something new. Give attention to it. If you replicate it, you would get the same results yeah. that God wants you to get. So, I learned, Laura first mentioned, so I'm reading the book of Genesis. Adam and Eve were created in Genesis 1. The minute they were created the first thing out of God's mouth was what? Genesis 1 verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth or fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea the fowl of the air, and over the beasts of the field, and over every creature that had been created. Laura first mentioned, God created the man and the woman. He saw them, and the first thing that he said was, you are blessed. They hadn't done anything right or wrong. He saw them and said, you look like me. You are made in my image. Therefore, you are blessed. Now, it's important to to give attention to the fact that obedience is not what triggers blessing. Okay, just track with me. Because the law of first mention said nothing about Adam and Eve obeying to be blessed. Yeah. They were blessed simply because they were made in God's image. Yeah. Yeah. Are we together? Yeah. Therefore, each one of us, because we are made in God's image, we are blessed. And just, just another Thing to note from the law of first mention, blessing in Genesis 1.28 came before the curse. Just in, case Just in case you are thinking, I don't want to be cursed. I don't want to be cursed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be cursed. There's curses in my family. I don't want to be cursed. So you're constantly fighting a curse. You need to remember that the blessing is more powerful... Okay, just let's, let's do this together. The blessing came before the curse. So the blessing was Genesis one twenty eight. The curse only came in Genesis 4, I believe. Genesis 3, 3. Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve sinned. And by the way, the curse in Genesis 3, was on the land and on the serpent. It was not on the woman and on the man. Are we together? Okay, but just from a a biblical point of view, the blessing came first before the curse. And the blessing is more powerful than the curse. Because Proverbs 26 speaks to As the bird wanders, as the swallow flies, so the curse without a course shall not alight, shall not fall on the individual. In other words, you can only pick up a curse if you choose it. If you allow it. By default... You are blessed. Are we together? By default, this is my position. By default, this is where I am. So I'm learning this. But further in Scripture, God comes to Adam after he had blessed Adam and Eve in the garden. And then God says of every tree in this garden, you may eat except this one. So now God instructs, are we together? They're blessed already. Now God instructs and says of every tree, only eat this one. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Don't eat this one. (laughs) Eat every one. But not this one. <laughs> Stay away from this one. Now, what was God instituting? You are blessed, but to enjoy the fruits of your blessing, you have got to obey. If you want to experience, blessing, manifesting in your life every day, you need to obey every day. Therefore, I'd like us to just read this scripture. It's a bit long, but let's read it together. And um, This is how we used to do long scriptures when I was um, in my previous church. It's an Anglican church. It's a long time ago, but let's do it together. (laughs) I've been in this church for 22 years, 23 years, praise the Lord. Long before we got married, Pastor Sai. Long before you got married. (laughs) Deuteronomy 28, just to emphasize the point. So we're going to read it together. Can we do that? Males first, and then females next, and then we just keep going until we finish. Blessings for obedience. Males, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but free from... The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, the head not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them you will always be at the top never at the bottom (coughs) however if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these courses will come on you and overtake you. Here is an instruction from Moses to the people of Israel. Now I'm learning. Now I'm learning. If I pay attention to the commands of the Lord, my God, I will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Put differently. God's blessing was a gift given freely to Adam and to Eve. To enjoy this blessing, to see this blessing manifested on a daily basis, to be a blessing to others around me, to replicate the, the Garden of Eden in my environment, for that to happen, I need to carefully Obey God's commands. Now, I'd like to just speak to two cases quickly before as we conclude. When God seems to make sense, I'm not sure if you can see that picture very well, but those are seeds. Um, I don't know if there are any farmers here. Do you know which seeds those are? No, they're not. They are Swiss chard oh. seeds, I hope I'm correct. Um, I was hoping to just share them with, with Laya before the service and I forgot because she grows a lot of Swiss chard at home. We call them spinach, am I correct? Okay, she grows a lot of them. Say spinach. Spinach, okay. <laughs> 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 Sorry, my bro. so when does God seem to make sense when we grow spinach when we sow these seeds assuming all conditions are ideal good soil, there's sun, there's water Inevitably, there is a harvest of, Swiss tri- of spinach. <laughs> of spinach, okay. Now, God made a promise after the flood. He said to Noah and his family, "As long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest time, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease." You know, whether you believe it or not, that is the reality, isn't it? Okay, so God is saying, as long as the earth remains, this is a principle that will not be broken. Okay, so seed time and harvest time will never cease. So, spinach seed, spinach harvest. If I put in one seed, I would likely only get one Bunch of spinach. If I put in many seeds, I would likely get a harvest, all conditions remaining the same. So God makes sense because we expect this on a daily basis. When does God seem not to make sense? When he commands us to do what our natural eyes often do not see on a daily basis. But the principle is there, and that principle will never fail. As a scientist, and those of you who did physics, if you remember Newton's third law, right, it says what? Action and reaction are? Okay, so um, let me not illustrate. Okay. (laughs) But if I had a ball here, and it was stationary, For that ball to move from here to there, I need to impact it with a force that will allow it to move in that direction, in reaction to my action. So, let's look at the tithe. First mention, I'm still on the law of first mention. First mention of tithe in the scriptures was in Genesis chapter 14, Abram. Abram is coming back from battle to rescue his nephew from kidnappers. As he's returning, he's returning with spoil. He meets a man. There's no one in Scripture that says he knew this man prior to that meeting. He meets this man, and this man says to him what God had said to him earlier. He says to him, blessed be the God of Abraham, and he blesses him. him. Abraham Abraham thinks, I've heard that before. God said that to me before. This must be God's messenger, a high priest. So Abraham takes 10% of what he had obtained from the battle, and he presents it as an act of worship to God. Can I say to us, brothers and sisters, the tithe, what we earn, right, the tithe is still before God an act of worship, because it came before the law. The reason why God gave it In the law was that he wanted to promote the same action that Abraham did with Melchizedek. He wanted his people to worship him with their income. Proverbs says, Honor God with your first fruits, with your substance, and the the first fruit of your increase. Excuse me, I've missed that. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruit of your substance. What happens thereafter? Then your bands will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Proverbs 3, verse 9. When we honor God with our tithe, and I remember as a student learning this principle, I thought to myself, hmm, if I honor God with my first fruit, I am activating the law of sowing and reaping therefore i will have a harvest so it wasn't obedience any longer out of torment which i had learned it was now obedience because i know i am blessed and i want to experience the blessings of god all the days of my life so as a student i remember taking scholarship money and saying to god lord you are my source here is my tithe. I honor you with it. You are my source. I remember as a postgrad student taking meager monies and saying, Lord, I honor you with this. And you know what? We have never lacked. We have never lacked. I say this to the glory of God we have never lacked. I remember as a postgrad student, one day walking out of my office and saying, Lord, if you don't come through, <laughs> I have told them at home, I am not coming back for money. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember how much I had in my hand. I said, God, you must do something. So I walk out, I walk, if you know Witts, I walk around the, the, the piazza where the, um, where the stairs are, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how will I survive? And then I get back to my office. Little did I know God was, had gone before me. There is a letter for an award that I had applied for and forgotten. And you know what? That award was giving me cash. It wasn't, it wasn't, paying, it wasn't paying into my student account to settle fees. It was, here is how much you get. When we honor God, and our time is just running out, but I'd like to stop here and say, the law of sowing and reaping has it still in play. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. And the others at the offering of Cain and Abel Honor your father and mother. If I may just say in person, and my wife and I agreed on this, be careful of the attitude of black tax. Be very careful, especially if you're a black professional. God wants us to honor our parents. And if that means honoring them with our financial resources, let's do so. Let us take Care of those that God has given us as a biological family. You know why? Because that is the only commandment. It's the sixth commandment, if I'm correct, yes, with a promise. He says that all may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that God has given you. You know what? I want to live long, I want to enjoy this woman. So you know what? (laughs) I honor. (laughs) I remember once a long time ago, God was nudging me and saying, I would like you to give. And so at the time, I didn't know what a washing machine was. So I don't know how many of you know how to wash clothes in a bath, but let me just show you. So I'm doing... And I'm having these conversations in my mind. And it's, but God, I don't want to give. I don't want to give, you know? You know so my action now is responding to this conversation. My clothes, of course, if they could talk, they would complain. <laughs> but I don't want to give, you know? <laughs> And I heard distinctly the Spirit of God saying to me, I owe no man nothing. God does not owe us anything when we honor him with our financial resources. Can we rise together and pray? let's pray together I'm not sure if God has been nudging you and it's been a struggle or you're not sure I remember Masher on this pulpit a few weeks ago saying God, the devil will never prod you to do something good if God is the one nudging, it is always good So just to encourage you as we pray, there is a call to obedience. And it's obedience in every aspect of our lives. Not just finances. Finances is one aspect. But God is calling you and I to obedience. Obedience in our finances because it is really important to God that we honor Him because He wants to see us prosper. Can we pray together? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for each person here. And this call to walk in obedience. If there's anyone here who is saying, I feel the nudge of God and I want to obey. In my finances, in terms of my tithe, my offering, In terms of seed, it might be just sowing seed in someone's life. It could be your parents' life, your brother's life. It could be someone in church who is into ministry, and God is saying, I want you. I'm just nudging you. You know what? Just sow the seed. Can you just lift your right hand with me and just speak to the Lord in response to that nudging? Let this be a sacred moment of commitment to follow him as he leads, knowing that you are blessed and that he delights in your blessing. Take a moment. Thank you, Lord, for each one who is just raising their hands. Give them courage to follow you wholly with all their heart, their soul, their strength in the name of Jesus. If there is anyone and God is saying, I've been nudging you to give your heart to me. You haven't given it yet fully. Can I just call you forth to join me in front? If you have not given your heart to the Lord and you know that the Lord has been saying, I love you, I treasure you, I delight in you, but you can only experience me when you choose to give yourself to me. If that is you, please join me in front. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. We're just going to pray with you And support you in this commitment. Is there anyone here this morning who wants to give their heart to the Lord? Anyone? Right. Father, we're so grateful because we are blessed. We are made in your image. And we step out in obedience as your children. Thank you, Lord, for each one here and the harvest that awaits each one. In Jesus' name, amen.